and welcome to the Innovative Teaching Podcast. I am your host, Jeanette Schaefer. And if you're new to the show, this show is just coming up with innovative ideas for teaching and learning, thinking outside the box, um, maybe hacking other strategies, techniques to meet the needs that we're facing in the classroom. So welcome if it is your first time. It has been another long stretch since I've recorded a podcast. I have been working on my sabbatical project, plus we had the holidays in there, but I've been kind of in the zone and I've been focused, so I haven't taken a break to podcast, but I thought it's been a really long time and I should uh, share some ideas that I'm working with and just some other fun and interesting stuff that I came across. So the first thing I came across, which I wish I would have thought about this long time ago, but over the holidays, one of our uh, uh, favorite family spots, I guess, is Dollywood in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And I picked up a book at, at the amusement park while we were there. And the I think the title is What Would Dolly Do? So it's not written by Dolly Parton, but it's written by someone that has spent a lot of time following, studying her, researching her. And the one thing that they brought up was that Dolly decided very early on that she would not style her hair for every single performance and instead she would use wigs. That way the wigs are pre-styled. They are ready to go when she needs them based on what performance or appearance she is making. Well, I didn't really think about it, like her hair always looks awesome, but I never thought about the fact that she's constantly wearing wigs. Well, I thought about our remote teaching situation and everyone has like, you you keep hearing everyone's got their Zoom shirt, right? Well, I'm like, oh my gosh, the wigs, the wigs would be awesome for, um, well, they're awesome to go out in, of course, but they're perfect for Zoom when you're working remotely. You don't want to get up and do your hair every morning. You can just get your hair, tuck it in a cap, throw on the wig, and it looks like you spent an hour styling your hair for that Zoom meeting. So if you haven't thought about about that or considered it, check out wigs. Now, if you go with a natural wig, it's a lot of money, but I purchased two wigs off of Amazon and they were in the $35, $30-$35 range. In a Zoom meeting, you're not going to be able to tell if it's real hair, fake hair. They look awesome. And I haven't actually used it yet because since I'm on a sabbatical project, I'm not really having to be in meetings right now. But I have my wigs ready to go if I need to hop in and I have not done my hair yet as of that day. So. Take that into consideration. I'm sure the wigs work for male or female. So check that out and give it a try. Now for my sabbatical project, I'm just gonna share some of the technologies that I'm working with because it may be of interest to some of you. I'm still I'm still learning everything and I can see where there's a lot of possibilities when it comes to teaching and learning using the technology. So just kind of open your mind, let your mind go crazy 
And then I'm, I'm hoping once I get through this, I have an easy and quicker way that faculty, educators, teachers can actually use this technology for their students or with their students. So I did decide, I put a lot of time into researching the different technologies that I could use as the voice behind my virtual character. So for anyone that's new, I'm looking at virtual characters, virtual beings, and how they can be used to engage and interact with students using a, a mobile application or even like a desktop or web website application that will help students get connected to the campus and personnel on the campus, events and activities. So that's what I'm working with. And there's several chatbot technologies, but what I decided to go with was the Amazon Lex. And there were a couple different reasons. The two main reasons was that Amazon Lex is, it's the chatbot technology and it allows more intense. So intense is things that you, um, you want the chatbot to kind of talk about or help a student walk through to get to an actual action, I guess. There's probably a better way to explain that, I'm sorry. But the, the big difference between one of the other technologies I was considering was Amazon allowed way more intense. So with limited amount of intense, you have to have multiple bots, robots, chatbots connected. So you, you have to build multiple chatbots and then you have to, you know, kind of network or link them together. Not a big deal. It's kind of easy to do and I'm doing that anyways. I, I will be doing that even with the Amazon uh, Lex technology, but th there's limitations if, um, cause really if you get through conversations, just kind of general conversations on trying to help a person using a chat bot get from point A to point B, you've used up a lot of the intents with the typical um, technologies or services. So that's one reason I went with Amazon Lex. The other one is, is because I had a previous project where, where I worked with a group of um, about 10 people and we were doing the Amazon Alexa. It was easy to transition from what we were doing with that project to Amazon Lex. Now another technology, if you're interested, I will not be using it because of the cost. With my sabbatical project, there are no funds. I have absolutely no money to work with other than out of my own pocket. And Amazon has what's called Kendra. And Kendra is a really, really nice Q&A bot. So question and answer bot. You can build your whole database of questions with that technology. Uh, it, you can have it, the beauty of it too, is that you can have it actually uh, crawl websites, I guess is the right word. You can upload a lot of documents, SharePoint type documents, 
Google documents, like all, all of this stuff you can collect. And I think it's up to like 10,000 pages of content that that Amazon Kendra Q&A bot will crawl and get the answers as students ask the chat bot those questions. So that is a wonderful uh, technology, or at least appears to be, but it was not cost effective or cost, I, I couldn't afford the cost for what I was doing. I think it's like $800 a month is like the entry level. So it's definitely something you would be doing for a company or a school district that's larger scale and you've got the funds to put toward it. But check that one out if you're interested and you have the resources to make that happen. Now, the other thing I've spent most of my time on, so I was trying to narrow down the technologies, the pros and cons. I probably spent way more time with that than I should have, but you want to make sure you make the right decision, right? So I, I spent a lot of time on it. But the other thing I've spent a lot of time on is the character development. So part of it is coming up with a voice and brand for the character. Now I'm doing an actual project. So I, I, I want to keep in mind the voice and brand of our campus, but that's not a huge focus because I'm looking more at empathy and how to engage students in conversations that might be outside of what they typically know or understand. It's not the main focus, it's kind of a, a side focus, because the main focus is to get students engaged with one another, with personnel on campus, activities on campus. So that's kind of the main, the, the main goal. But then I have that other goal of trying to introduce students to other cultures or other ideas that they might not be familiar with or even consider. So I've put a good bit of time behind that voice and brand. And the one thing I came across too is that you really want your chatbot to have a personality. So with the current research or feedback that I've looked of chatbots that students have interacted with at college campuses, is that they like for the bot to have a personality. And that's part of that voice and brand. So I, I, I'm playing with that. I have my idea, I know what I wanna do. I just have to stay focused and make sure I carry that throughout the chat bot conversation and answers. Now, the one thing I have found very, very helpful, but also time consuming, keep that in mind, is that for the character development, development I've been using software that's called Save the Cat. And it's designed, I think it was originally designed to write novels, and I'm not writing a novel, but what they've added or what they have in the software is TV series. Well, with the chatbot or with this virtual being character, I hope to address some of the issues that students typically face when they come to campus. And the first kind of storyline is that many students come to college and don't feel like they fit in or don't feel like they belong there. Especially with our campus, we tend to have a lot of first generation students. So I'm sure that's a feeling of, do I really belong here? Or I thought I belonged here, but now I don't quite feel like I'm fitting in. So the first TV series of my character which it will not be a series per se, but I use the series to design uh, the storyline will be around not 
feeling like you fit in or kind of unsure about being on the college campus, uh, you know, kind of timid as far as asking people, you know, where to go or how to do something. The, the software is excellent as in it really makes you fine tune your story, your character, uh, the ups and downs of the story. Now, one thing I'm not sure, you want your chatbot to have a personality and you want to be able to answer questions and give information, but the story's going to be weaved through that information too. I'm not I'm an expert at that, right? This is kind of my first time, but I like to be creative. I like to have fun and play. So that's part of the challenge. As I build out the chatbot conversation design and flow, that all has to be weaved into that. So that's the other thing that I'm working on right now. I'm really excited to dig into the conversation design and flow of the conversation with the, the chatbot and the student or the person interacting with it. But I had to do that little thing called IRB. Uh, that's that institution review board because in order to do research with students, I have to get it's a whole process, right? There's training, there's documentation. I've got to go ahead and get my surveys, my focus group questions put together. And that's taken way longer than I thought. As I'm going through it, I'm reminded, oh yeah, this is why we, a lot of faculty tend to shy away from research because it's a time consuming process. Not that it's bad, it's not bad, it's good. And it really makes you think through what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're doing it. So it's all good. It's just time consuming. And it, I, I'm itching to get into the conversation design and flow. That's where I want to really put my time. So I have spent some time with the conversation design and flow. It is, uh, it, it's fun to do. I think it's fun to do. I like doing it, but it does get tedious because you start spidering out. I'll say spidering out the conversation. It starts to expand because as, uh, the person interacting with the chatbot virtual being makes a request or a decision, then it branches out and then that branches out and it branches out, branches out. So you have to um, follow all the branches and then you still have to make sure that the information is getting answered. You've got fallback situations when the chatbot may not understand what the person is asking, or when the person starts playing around with the, the chat bot and asking inappropriate questions, fun questions. So you've got to have that in there. And that's one thing I spent some time on too, is what are those other questions that people will often ask a chat bot? And part of the way I come up with this information is I get on, uh, higher education websites that have chatbots on them and I start playing myself. I'll just go in and ask some basic questions to see how well the technology's working. You know, what is the twi tuition? When does the semester end? But then I'll start asking questions like, why should I go to this college? Uh, what is the best place to eat food or get pizza, you know, information or questions like that to get information and to see how the chatbot has been designed. Well, other questions, because uh, I also just looked at what other people have done and I found a really nice article. Unfortunately, I don't recall the name of the article, 
but they had a list of questions that you should definitely make sure your chatbot can answer. And it's everything from who are you, meaning who who are you as the chatbot, who is the chatbot. So you want to have um, an introduction. It's very important that you introduce the chatbot up front, let them know it is a robot, and it, but just a little background on the chatbot. You could talk about who the creator is, who created the chatbot, but let students know they are talking to a chatbot. So that's very important you have that into the introduction. But other questions might, do you have a hobby? Be sure there's some type of uh, way to wish a student happy birthday. A funny joke, that's a popular one, we know that. You always wanna have a couple funny jokes in there. Uh, swear words, you have to have a response for swear words. And then other things like, do you love me? I, I was listening to, uh, I forget which college. I don't know if it was Allegheny Community College or was it a Blue Mountain Community College? But they, they were the Gators, whichever one's the Gators. And he was saying that the common answer, or question he got as the chatbot or the person behind the chatbot was, will you go out on a date with me? So that's kind of a fun one too that you can answer. But that all those questions really provide opportunity to show the personality of the chatbot. Now with the chatbot technology that I'm using, um, this is outside of the Amazon because I found another platform called Coco Hub, and that's one I'm actually planning on using to deploy the prototype. I have the option to deploy the virtual character through video, uh, text, through a typical phone, so you can just call a phone number and just talk on the phone with the chatbot. Uh, through Zoom meetings, and there's a couple other options. So they, they have some tiers. I'm going to have to pay for it, but this one, entry tier is $36 a month, month which I can afford right out of my own pocket. Um, so that's why I've decided with that one too. It's affordable, but I can connect to three different platforms or three different channels. They call them channels. So there's many, I think they have about 10 different, 10 or 12 different channels. So you could do like Facebook. Um, I can't think of the other ones. I know you can do like Facebook, but my plan is to do Zoom, a chat box on like a website. And then the other one would be uh, just through text, like a regular phone text. So there's many different ways you can deploy the chatbot once you have it created or the virtual being. Now with the video in Zoom, you actually video with the, the virtual being. So you get to see the virtual being, the character, where if you're just corresponding or engaging, interacting through text on the phone, you're not gonna see the character. So those are the pros and cons, but it'll be interesting with the research study or the pilot study with students to see what they prefer if they if they like being able to video or if they're okay with just the text um, and the one other thing that is real important with the character is well with chatbots in general they say people do like small talk small talk so kind of chit chat but they still want 
the chatbot to be quick to provide information. So once again, I think that small talk, it, it's that personality of the character and a chance to be more human, even though it's a chat bot. So those are just things I've learned, things you can uh, run with. Now with the Cocoa Hub, if you're interested in that one, um, if you look it up, so Cocoa Hub is C-O-C-O-H-U-B. They do have a couple of cases for education where people have used chatbot. And I thought the one really interesting application, which if you're an educator or teacher, you might want to explore, is for a particular project or assignment, they created a chatbot that would actually walk students through doing that assignment and activity. That sounds pretty neat. And especially if it's a project or an assignment that you know you get a lot of questions. Like every year, you know, you kind of got some questions. You might already have them scripted out in your email. So when students start asking, you just copy paste and respond very quickly. I think it would work excellent for those type of assignments where it requires a lot of hands-on from you as the instructor to get them through the assignment. Uh, instead, not instead, but in addition to, you could have a chat bot or a virtual character that would also interact and maybe answer some of those questions and help students move through it. So in a way, it's a teaching assistant because that's the other way I look at it from the get-go, the beginning of the semester. You could have this virtual character set up as your teaching assistant. You could even introduce the character as your teaching assistant. And you could have a lot of fun with that. I mean, you could answer questions, the basic questions that students will ask, but then you could have fun with the personality. You could have them maybe be the, um, you know, kind of challenging or push students, or maybe it's the happy fun person. It just, you, just use your imagination and run with that one. But that, as far as, I, I can see me doing that with my students. Now I do work with the instructors and faculty at our campus, and I'm not so sure how much they will want to engage with a chatbot. That, that's what I'm wondering, is like, how much time do I put into this type of technology for our instructors? Uh, I know students would definitely use it and they would definitely ask, you know, inappropriate questions, fun questions, but then also, get their questions answered as far as assignments. Now with the chatbot technology, if you don't know, when you design the conversation flow, especially using the Cocoa Hub, it is very, very easy to just redirect the conversation, uh, the, the flow. So you could have like week one, this is the branch that the majority of the conversation is gonna follow when someone interacts with the chatbot. And then you can very easily move that starting point so that you have like a week two and then that's kind of where it flows. But there, there's many different things. There's also a way with the Cocoa Hub where it, it, once again, it's using the Amazon technology. It's just a kind of a user interface that makes it easier to put it all together. It really, it, it seems easy to me, but I also understand the, Amazon Alexa and the Amazon Lex uh, design, you know, with the intents. 
So it, it might be a little bit harder for someone that doesn't have that background knowledge, but I still think you can figure it out. They've got documentation, tutorials, everything in order to, to under, you know, to figure it out. But they do have the Q and A, so you can build a whole Q and A. I, I want to say database. It's not a database, but you, you have a whole area where you can put in the general questions that students are likely to ask the bot and have those answers. You're able to put in multiple answers. So let's say, you know, where, what time does the cafeteria open? And you can have one response that just says, the cafeteria opens every day, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Or you could have another response, the cafeteria is open every day, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Um, so you, you can put in multiple answers and say the answers different ways. You might want to have a more humorous answer, a serious answer, and you know, just something to mix it up. A lot of times you want multiple answers to a question when it's a question that students are going to be asking on a regular basis, because with reading literature on people that have done chat bots and gotten feedback from students that they don't like to get the same answer over and over and over, especially your fallback answer where, I'm sorry, I did not understand your question. I'm sorry, I did not understand your question. Instead, you might want to mix it up and say, that sounds very interesting. Let's dig into that further. And then, you know, ask another, could you give me some more information? Instead of just saying, I'm sorry, I don't understand your question. So there are many little rabbit holes to go down when you're doing the conversation flow. And once again, many, many ways to have fun and add personality to the character. Well, that's all I have for you today. I just wanted to share that with you and dig into the technology a little bit more, or the, I guess the possibilities of the technology. If you're interested in any of the Amazon Lex, Amazon Kendra, Amazon Alexa, any of those tools, you can just go to Amazon. They've got tons of training, video, tutorials, you know, whatever you need to actually figure it out. It, the, it does take a little bit of, like, to actually do the tool, you know, to walk through the tutorial and learn how to use the tool is fairly easy, but there's a lot, there's a lot of different things that take a little bit more time understanding and digging in and doing it to really, to really get how it works. So I've been playing with this stuff now for, I guess, almost a year. So it's making sense. And I, I kind of know what to do and I know when a conversation doesn't work, what's likely the problem, but it takes a little bit just experimenting to actually understand because when you design a conversation flow, you think it's going to go, you think it's going to go one way, but when you actually test it and you start asking the bot questions, it's like, Oh, wait a minute. That's not how that was supposed to go. And Cocoa Hub is excellent about testing it before you ever put it live. So there's uh, opportunities there to really fine tune it and get it the way you want it. All right. Well, that is it. Like I said, if you want to check out the technology, there's plenty of information and tools there. You're welcome to always reach out to me and I can share more information. 
I will probably podcast again toward the beginning of March because I, I want to get in the zone and the flow for that conversation design of the bot. So I don't want to take breaks. I want, I want to be able to dig into that and just get it rolling. Uh, I will pile it and put this live toward the end of the March, end of March for students to use. I hope if for some reason my RRB, IRB application does not get accepted, I will just put the bot out there and let you guys play with it. So, and give me feedback. And I might do that anyways. If you're interested, let me know. I'll, uh, we can, you can test it out for me too and provide feedback. All right. I hope you all have an awesome week. Thank you for listening and get in the classroom, hack some of those teaching strategies, come up with something new or, you know, find a slightly better way to solve learning problems or learning challenges that students are facing. I know I've got my own little boy with spelling at home. He's a second grader and I'm trying to come up with different ways to make spelling fun at home, you know, kind of gamifying some of it and challenges. So there's always opportunities to just kind of hack and think outside the box as far as helping students learn something new. All right, you guys have a great one. Thank you for listening.